Hello, and you're listening to the Convos with Bill podcast. I'm Billy Burke, and today we're here with a very special guest due to some unfortunate circumstances. And this special guest is actually my father, Kevin Burke. Now, let's first talk about the unfortunate circumstance we're having. Unfortunately, the stuff I use to convert my long-distance interviews into a file to be able to be played as a podcast is not working. And in that case, we're going to do something very different. This is actually going to be a raw, unedited episode of just me and my dad talking about stuff that we happen to talk about in our house and different topics about sports. And maybe you guys are going to learn something new from him. He's a very wise person, very smart guy. And it's unfortunate that I can't do it regular because I had a very good interview with someone that will eventually come with my new audio interface mixer coming in. I'll be able to redo those interviews, but today it's going to be different. And this episode is going to be raw. It's going to be unedited. Um, So what you see is what you get, or should I say what you hear is what you get. So this is going to be just us talking about random topics that maybe you guys have a say in, maybe you don't, but you're going to hear our opinion on it. So first, I'm going to introduce you to Mr. Kevin Burke. How you doing, man? I'm good. Glad to be here, Billy. Sweet. So actually, our first topic is going to have to do with this new documentary, new 10-part documentary, The Last Dance. And it's going to also have to slide in with the topic of the greatest basketball player of all time, which is a... Not, I wouldn't say controversial, but one that a lot of people would have debates about. And we're actually going to hear what Mr. Old School over here, Kevin Burke, has to say about it and how he, what he took from the Last Dance documentary and what he feels about the greatest player of all time. So I'm actually going to hand the mic over to him, and we're going to hear what he has to say. Well, uh, actually, I just finished um, The Last Dance about two hours ago Um, I started Billy and I watched the first two episodes about the first night it was the first week it was on and then uh, trying between his podcast and schoolwork and everything else trying to get him to sit down to watch the rest we DVR'd him so I finally gave in and just started watching it myself last night so I binge watched the final eight episodes Um, what I found from it all is is I didn't change my opinion of, of, of greatest of all time. You know, I've always been a big Wilt Chamberlain guy um, because I'm old. Um, but, you know, you know, in the present time, we talk about Kobe. We, we talk about uh, Michael Jordan and we talk about LeBron. You know, there's a lot of great players in the NBA. It's a different game than it was when I was young. You know, obviously we didn't have the opportunity to watch all the teams play. You know, it was, you know, the Celtics and the Lakers and the Knicks and, you know, the, you know, the Willis Reeds of the world playing on a, on a bad leg. And, um, so, but, but watching the, the series, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't believe I changed my opinion of, you know, uh, who I thought was a better player between Michael and, and LeBron and, and the rest. But, you know, I did learn some things about different players on that team. You know, Steve Kerr, who is very – he's a very uh, vocal, um, po- political guy. You know, I found out, you know, about his father, which I didn't know. 
you know, was the president of American University over in Kuwait and was assassinated when he was in college at Arizona. Um, so he probably has a right to speak out a little bit. Um, you know, Rodman, he's, he's, you know, Rodman, and I've read a lot of stuff about Rodman over the years. He's, he's a lot more than, than what we saw, you know, um, publicly, but pretty smart guy. You know, he played, he played his cards and, and made a lot of money. Um, but, you know, Michael smoked a lot of cigars, you know, I mean, I, when I co I've coached a lot of youth sports, you know, and I always talk about the, the old days when you saw pictures of guys, baseball players, and, you know, after a game in the locker room, drinking beer and smoking cigarettes, you know, this show showed me that they still do that stuff, you know, I didn't say cigarettes, but Michael smoked cigars, it seemed about every show he had, you know, a cigar in his hand, so, um, but coming out of it all, I thoroughly enjoyed the, the series, and, and, you know, it's amazing that they had the way that they that they correlated the years from, you know, that group, of, that team, you know, a few different names came in and out on the team. But for the most part, the core team, how the, from start to finish, you know, how it evolved to, you know, all them six championships and um, and the way they ended it. And, and, you know, the last year they pretty much knew it was going to be the last year and, and how they had a camera crew following them around all those years you know is you know it was almost like this documentary was in the works since you know the early 90s so it was pretty cool you know you know i thoroughly enjoyed it and and glad i watched it so yeah he he finished it on his own i've been busy with like he said the schoolwork and this podcast that i've been working on so i'm actually gonna end up binging the last episodes and he's he's got something else to say so you know, I forgot to mention that that the one player that I didn't mention, John Paxson, um, any of the old LCC, uh, I graduated in high school in 70, 1976, and, and we played against Kettering Alder. Um, John's older brother, Jim, was on that team, and I don't know if John was, was – he may have been – he may have been as like a freshman or sophomore, um, but – that team and, and, and of all the games we've played, all the basketball games I played in high school, I remember the score of one game, and that was the Kettering Alder versus Limer Central Catholic game, um, our junior year. It was my junior year, so it would have been the '75 graduating class, uh, Jim Paxson senior year, who went on to a, a great career with the Portland Trailblazers, by the way. Um, the final score was 114 to 60. And and after the game at, at Kettering Alder, the locker room, you had to go down steps to get into the locker room, like down a stairway. And at the bottom, you went in the locker room, and, and the, when um, Father Her, for those of you that remember Father Her, came down at halftime, and the coaches would not let Father Her in the locker room. Um, they locked the doors, and he stood outside and pounded on the door. So uh, they let us know what was happening. But, that you know, when I see the Paxons and I see how old John Paxson looks, Kind of reminds me how old I am. So, yeah, it was it's pretty cool seeing that though. Yeah, to be able to play against someone that was obviously a big part of the documentary, play played in the NBA. That's it's a great experience. Something you always remember for the rest of your life. And the final score, what, one hundred fourteen to sixty. <laughs> Fifty-four point loss, man. So yeah, that that that's what Kevin Burke has to say on the topic. Um, so we're actually going to jump to a different topic. And, well, actually, before we do that, I'm going to talk about my opinion on the greatest of all time. I don't have much to say about The Last Dance. 
I'm a, I'm actually going to binge watch it here at some point. I haven't really had the chance with this podcast and with school and then sports coming up and really haven't had the chance. So I don't have much to say on that, but I will talk about my opinion on the greatest player of all time. And really my opinion on it is that you can't really say because a lot of people talk about LeBron and they talk about MJ and they talk about Kobe. And if you think about it, the time when Michael Jordan played was a completely different time from when LeBron played. Plus, they're two different positions. So, And then you even go back even further to Wilt Chamberlain back in those days. It, it's just two completely different games of basketball. So it's so hard to compare what what went on then to what happened now. And then some people, some people believe that if Wilt Chamberlain played in today's NBA or someone like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played in today's NBA, that they that they, it just wouldn't work out. But we can't say that because it's two completely different times in basketball, whereas in those times it was more uh, rough, like rough, you go at it. If if something's hurting a little, you're playing through it. It doesn't matter. But nowadays people are more cautious. We got more of the science in it. And now it's a more pe- – people, I wouldn't say softened up, but there's a lot more caution nowadays. And I'm not putting anything against players like LeBron or MJ because LeBron's obviously a very talented player. But it's really hard to say who is the greatest player of all time because it's just two completely different games, completely different players, completely different mindsets. And it's very hard to really say – who's better than them especially since they never really got a chance to play against each other they didn't play in the same time it's just completely different basketball from the 90s to nowadays and then even from Wilt Chamberlain even, even further back so in my opinion you really can't say much about who's the greatest player of all time because that's just a very hard topic to really express because like I said it's two completely different games obviously it's still basketball but it's completely it's it, the 90s basketball is completely different than what's happening in the year of 2019-2020 so that's my opinion on it we're actually going to jump to another topic here I, I actually did a report on this like I said we're doing random topics today and this report was about the designated hitter in baseball so first I'm going to say my opinion on it then we're going to allow Mr. Kevin Burke over here to talk about it so my opinion is that the DH is absolutely very important to baseball. I believe I am very pro DH. I believe that is very um, that it'd be very great for the game of baseball. And some of my reasons are that pitchers really aren't paid to hit. So you put this pitcher at the bottom of the lineup. He hasn't hit since high school. He's going to go in there and he's going to be an automatic out. Well, obviously, it does add a little bit of strategy to the game uh, due to the fact that a coach, a manager, has to work around the fact that they have an automatic out at the bottom of their lineup. But then you also have players like David Ortiz who are being paid to hit. And some people would say they don't like the DH because you're just allowing three-run homer every time you put a DH in there. Well, that's not necessarily true. That's when pitchers really have to work on what they're paid for and what they're skilled to do, what they're paid to do and what they're skilled for, and that's to pitch to these big-time hitters so they don't give up a three-run homer every time they're up to bat because a lot of these DHs you see, you you very rarely come across a DH that's 
more than a power hitter. Obviously, they're there, but you got players like David Ortiz. He hit for power, but obviously, you're not going to see him stealing second base every once in a while on a lucky wild pitch or so. But that's that's the reason why the DH is there, and these pitchers need to know how to pitch to people like that and how to pitch to different players. Obviously, people like Frank Thomas. Like imagine, just imagine the game. If we didn't have David Ortiz or we didn't have Frank Thomas, or it'd just be a completely different game. And these pitchers really, that's what they live for is that bottom of the ninth, two outs, bases loaded, um, and you have to pitch to this last batter who happens to be the four-hole hitter that's hit 30 home runs on the year, 40, 50 home runs on the year, and they're a DH. And it's just obviously – it's what they live for and just taking the DH out of the game would just not be effective. And I feel like that's just, they're just a necessity to the game. And and it's also a safety thing for pitchers because pitchers aren't um, trained to hit. So they're not used to swinging a bat. So they swing a bat, they pull a muscle. They're not used to using that. That can really damage their career as a pitcher. So that that's another reason that like it's it's not safe, especially sliding, sliding too. So if a pitcher does happen to get a nice hit and he goes sliding in the second base and he hasn't worked on sliding since high school, he might pull, he might get his cleat stuck in the dirt, roll his ankle over, or he might pull a hamstring or something. Then he can't pitch. So that really puts the rest of their career on the line due to the fact that they were forced to hit instead of having someone that's paid to hit. Uh, come in and hit for them so that's my opinion on the dh and i'm actually going to hand it over to kevin burke now see what he has to say on the topic well being an american league fan and i've been an indians fan since my uncle jim turned me into one back when i was a kid um you know i've watched the evolution of the, the designated hitter and and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the dh just because it, it gets more you know run production and um takes a little bit of the the managing out of the game but the other side of it is also you know the one the one thing that that the old school people talk about is, is pitchers that in the old days chin music was part of the game um and now with the dh pitchers don't have to hit so they do not have to, you know they People get retaliated against, but it's not the guy that threw the pitch, you know, that that, that chin music somebody or hit a batter, you know. So, you know, the you know, in defense of the people that that like the you know traditional baseball without a DH, that's one of their biggest arguments is, yeah, them pitchers they can go up there, they can plop guys all day long, and they don't have to stand up there and hit. So, you know, there's two sides to it. I'm a fan of the DH because I I like runs being scored. You know, I'm. Um, pitchers and hitters, and I, I like the the game of baseball, the the mind game between the two. You know, good hitters against good pitchers, and and you know, and, and like Billy said, sometimes you get you know, and there's times when pitchers get up in big situations. You know, in in National League games when managers got to make that decision: do I pull him or you know? And and they're most of these guys are great athletes that were good hitters in 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 high school and sometimes even in college. You know, and then they get to you know, up to the pros and their pitchers only, and they they don't work on their hitting as much. But most of them are pretty good athletes. But 
you know, at the end of the day, you know, it'll be in my lifetime, but I would, I would think that, that the DH will probably take over in uh, the National League too. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would actually have to agree with that last statement there. That I do believe near future that in the future it will eventually um, become a universal thing. And uh, I heard something. I don't know if it's true or not, but over during this coronavirus, um, that's one of the things that they're gonna do for the remainder of this season. If they if they start back up, the DH will actually become universal. So that that's just uh, one part of the game. And I I'm I'm very pro DH, but we we are definitely going to uh, move into a different topic here. Um, I, as in all my episodes, I like to talk about food. I like to bring food into it. I, I like I'm someone who likes to eat, and we're gonna actually talk about a question that I ask in mine and. You guys really haven't heard my answer on this yet, but favorite ballpark food. So, when it comes to ballpark ballpark food, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Nothing beats a nicely grilled cheeseburger. You know, you go to a game and someone's on the grill. Especially me playing a lot of travel ball. Concession stands often consist of someone having a grill off to the side, grilling a very good cheeseburger. So take one of those mustard and ketchup on it. You know, that's something you can enjoy in between games. Kevin Burke over here being old school, having eaten ballpark food since he was a little kid. We're going to hear what his favorite ballpark food is and what he has to say on that. Well, yeah, I'll tell you that, that I am a huge high school sports fan. Um, I would rather go to a high school game than a pro or college game any day. I love going and get me a popcorn and a Diet Pepsi or a Diet Dr. Pepper. Um, you know, and I usually go, you know, JV game, varsity game. I'll probably have a couple bags of popcorn. So at the high school level, it's popcorn. Um, when you get to college and pro, you got to have a hot dog, you know, and with some ballpark mustard, um, you know, when I was a kid, you went to the, you know, even at the major league games, you didn't have, you know, you go there now, you can get whatever you want to eat. You know, we go to the Indians games and they have a, like, a, well, before the pandemic, they had a, you know, basically a buffet you could go to if you sat in the club seats and go, you know, before the game and all you can eat and, you know, and pay a certain price. And, you know, but when I was a kid and we went to, you know, we didn't go to games like we do now, but, you know, we, you get a hot dog and, and some popcorn, you know, and that's that's pretty much the way it was. But but when I go to the games now, it's it's normally, you know, I, I don't shy away too much from my hot dogs and, and my popcorn. So, um, you know, nothing nothing major, no big change, you know. I'd, every once in a while I'll get like a chicken finger basket or something, you know, something that's easy to eat without, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at spilling stuff on myself. So, gee, <laughs> my wife don't let me get too much stuff that I can spill on me, so – yeah. Yep. Yep. That's very true. My mom, his wife, <laughs> he he's a, she she is very <laughs> cautious on when he gets stuff in his beard, and yeah, he's definitely notorious, notoriously known for that. So it's very true. So it's a shorter topic. We're gonna talk more about since I'm with someone who obviously graduated class of 1976 he's more on the old school side of things and he's going to talk about what has happened or he's going to talk about how sports was compared to when he was a kid 
to now. So like how youth sports was and how sports in general was compared to when he was growing up to how youth sports and sports is now. So he's just going to give his opinion on that now. Yeah, you know, I it's you know, Billy's um the fifth boy and and you know, the, Brady our oldest is 38 years old. So um things have evolved since then. Boys all grew up, but since I was, you know, and and we live where we live at is, is the same neighborhood that I grew up in in the north end of Lima uh, and I spent my whole little league career in the north end of Lima with a ball glove on my handlebars. Um, we used wood bats back in them days. Um, there was no aluminum when I was a kid. So, you know, a lot of the times we would, you know, we had some friends that lived right by the park that they'd find broken bats and they'd go take them back home, run a couple screws into them, tape them back up. And, you know, but there was always a game waiting outside the front door. You know, I mean, it's when we came in, I'm one of seven, second oldest of seven kids. So, when we came in to eat dinner, uh, supper, there'd be sometimes there'd be ten kids standing out on our front porch waiting on us to get done. You know, you never had a problem finding a game. You know, I mean, I to this day I drive by Rob Park, and there's nobody ever on the baseball fields ever. And and back in them days, we had a league, a CYO league, in the mornings, and then we had the the city leagues in the evenings. So we played baseball. Um, in the CYO league, they if a team was short, you they could pick up players. So we'd just hang around up there and they had someone pick us up. So we played baseball in the summertime, uh, you know, morning through through night. You know, took a little break to go out to Springbrook Pool for a couple hours in the afternoon sometimes. But you know, this day and age, getting kids, you know, we learned how to catch, throw, run. Um, sometimes you had to close right field if you didn't have enough players. But you know. Now, you know, and I've, I've coached a lot of, you know, I said earlier, I've coached a lot of little league teams and, and the things that, that need to be taught, and it's just a difference in generations, it's not right or wrong, is is the kids come out there for the first time a lot of times in third grade and, and they can't, you know, play pitch and catch, you know, and, and sometimes even fifth, sixth, junior high level, you know, where, you know, back in, in my youth it was – you had kids just did that you know you you know the ones that like baseball not all kids like baseball but the ones that did you had your glove with you and you there was always a game going on somewhere so you know and then evolved to the older boys when they got to school you know they you know and they played you know we've had about every sport in this house that was played and and you know i played you know uh, baseball and basketball and then i ran cross country in high school um, but the things that have changed is, is like Billy now, he travels all over the dang country to play baseball. And, and, and I joke because I said, well, I never got off my bicycle. My parents never drove me, and I don't think, to a baseball game my whole life because I could ride my bike there. You know, and, and we're driving to West Virginia and Florida, and, and, and I enjoy it. And, and, you know, that's a choice that, that we've made. And, you know, you know, Billy loves baseball, and, and actually he loves, you know, all three sports he plays, and we travel for two of them, you know, basketball too. But it's just the difference. You know, you you know some of the older boys, they started having camps in the basketball camps in the summer. You know, Ohio Northern used to have a camp kids would go to for a week, you know, and, and, and I can remember telling them, if you want to get better, there's a basketball court out there, go play, you know. And, 
we don't need to pay somebody to help you get better. You, you know, because that's what we did. We just we went outside and we played, and there was always somebody to play with. You know, when I was in high school, we spent our summers over at um, Delphus St. John or Delphus, you know, City Park over in Delphus had outdoor courts that there was always games going on. You know, and there was games in Lima at different places that you know Garfield and you know there's courts all over the place that you could always find a game, but. It's a different day and age, and and I, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy traveling around watching Billy play. But, you know, it's totally different than when we were kids, and 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 finding like-minded kids that want to play baseball at a, you know, at a, at a high level is is hard to do, you know, because it's a sport, you know, is is you know, I'm a big baseball guy, and and it's a sport that's there's just not a lot of a lot of kids that didn't want to put the time in to to get better and and it's you know and i don't think it's anybody's fault you know i mean we got so much on tv now you know you, when i was a kid you watched the reds um you watched the braves when that you know that tv station out of atlanta you know they became america's team because that's the only team anybody ever watched you know because they had that channel but now, heck, we I think we watch every Indians game we can. If you know, I think every game's on TV. So it's just different, and and you know, kids are are kids, and they what they have available to them now is a lot of it is not going outside and playing baseball. You know, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. That's just a different generation. So you know, I'm you know we we we're pretty lucky that, that you know we get to do what we do and. And, you know, I'm retired, you know, my wife's retired, so we're not chasing, you know, the other kids are all grown. The other four boys are all grown, and, you know, they have families of their own. So we're not chasing two or three. You know, Billy's got a lot of teammates that that have brothers and sisters playing different directions, and they're all trying to do the same thing. I don't know how the people do it, you know. We're just two retirees chasing Billy around. But, you know, it's it's a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of uh, effort and a lot of uh, dedication on his part because he, you know, he's – this podcast has been a nice diversion for him during this, um, you know, pandemic. But, you know, it's normally the time that he was sitting home is is when he's playing basketball and baseball at the same time, you know, on, and – you know, travel basketball and school baseball, you know, traveling on weekends with basketball and playing baseball during the week at school. Now, this year, it was like, you know, he just stayed home and, and worked on podcasts and schoolwork. So it's been good for him, though. Yeah, that's very true. That's what I've been doing throughout this whole time. Keeps my mind off things. I And honestly, um, especially during school, when we'd get a lot of schoolwork some days, I'd just be like, all right, just give my mind. I'm just gonna work on the podcast. I'm gonna test some stuff out, see how it's going. But what he was talking about the changes of um, sports over time and activity over time. I actually saw a meme that consisted of this, and it stated what happened. So it stated what happened back then, and it showed a mother pulling her son in by the ear to get back inside the sun all dirty from playing outside all day then it said what it is now and it had a mother pulling her son by the ear with a game device in his hand trying to force him outside to play outside so it's just different how times have changed we're obviously back then uh kevin my dad would not have had they didn't have stuff like uh a nintendo switch or 
game consoles. They, so they their game console was going outside and going to the baseball field. That's that's just how they lived. That was their life. And like you said, there was always a chance to play. There was always a chance to go outside. There was always a chance to be with friends, play a game, and you could ride your bike everywhere with your glove on your handle and you just played. You just went outside. That was his game console. That was his Xbox. That was his PS4. Where obviously nowadays we have so much more variety of stuff we can do on a screen that it's just some people would rather stay inside, which that's just kind of how they were raised. There's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, some people would rather be outside. Some people like rather wouldn't, and that's just how they are. That's how they want to live, and that's okay. That's just how it. That's just how it is, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, that's just the differences in what how it's been over time, and from when he was growing up to when I'm growing up nowadays. So that's just how it is. And as we're coming up on time here, uh, this episode is really going to end with some inspiration that has to do with us It maybe has to do with your life especially during this pandemic as I said we had difficulties with my system and my podcast system and what how it worked so we had to improvise we had to keep going forward I promised an episode for this Sunday so we gave an episode for this Sunday it was obviously a, little, obviously a little different. It's raw. It's unedited. What you hear is what you get. So I really hope you enjoyed. But the motivation here, the inspiration here, is that things are going to happen in life where it may not go according to plan. It may not be the way it's supposed to be. It may not go like you want it to go. But sometimes you have to adapt and you have to improvise and you have to just keep pushing forward. You have to just keep grinding. Uh, my coach, Matt Larison, who eventually will be a guest on this podcast, he he actually, when I was with the Ohio Elite, he he renamed us the Ohio Elite Grinders because there were times in games when we'd get down 4 nothing in the third inning and we'd be like, all right, we are not losing this game. We're going to grind back. Obviously, it started off the way we didn't want it to go, but we grinded back and we kept moving forward because sometimes in life, it's not going to go. You're going to get in that third inning down four to nothing, but you need to be able to improvise. You need to be able to adapt. You need to be able to read the situation that's going on and just keep grinding forward and push and just don't give up on yourself because once you give up on yourself, it's over. There's no chance. If you tell yourself you can't do it, you won't do it. But if you can tell yourself that you can do it, you will. And if you firmly believe that you will, anything's possible. That's, that's a fact. God made us to believe that we can do what's possible through his name and we believe that if we just keep pushing forward we just keep striving we just keep grinding then it will happen but the second we say no I'm done I give up it's it's over and I firmly believe that if you can just strive yourself to keep moving forward whatever you dream on doing it's going to happen and and if it doesn't there's obviously a better plan in the mix because just if you just push and you keep striving, you keep grinding, it's going to happen. And no matter what other people tell you, no matter what other people doubt on you, it's I believe in you and you believe in you. So it's going to happen. Just keep working, keep pushing forward. Even if it doesn't go the way it should, just keep going forward and it will work out just fine for you. Uh, one of my biggest role models is a guy by the name of Gary V. Um, he, he's a motivational speaker that really talks about 
how don't let what other people say affect you and your life. Uh, don't let what they say determine your future because you determine your future. They don't. You determine how your life is going to go. It's your story and you write it. So for all of you listening, from me to you, just keep pushing forward, keep striving, keep grinding, and it'll all work out fine. Those are my words of motivation. And actually, I'm going to hand it over to my father. And he he is definitely one for pep talks, and he knows how to give some words of motivation. So we're going to hear what he has to say to end off this episode. Yeah, it's actually been kind of fun doing this, Bill. You know, it, it's you know, there's little phrases in life that you use as a father, as a coach, as a friend, as a teacher, as you know, whatever you're, you know, in a in a situation where you're trying to guide people, and uh, you know, sometimes you just got to play the hand that you're dealt. And and this, you know, um, watching, you know, I'm watching your passion for doing this podcast. Um, we know your passion for your your schoolwork, you know, straight A student. We know your passion for your sports. You know, you work very hard. Uh, spend a lot of time on the basketball court out back. A lot of time doing bullpens, you know. But I've seen also your passion for this podcast, and and I also can see, you know, your mom and I both when when things started going south here in the last you know few hours with. You know, because you had a great guest tonight that, you you know, you did the whole interview that hopefully it's still somewhere on your computer. But, you know, that that's one of those situations. Well, let's make the best of it, you know, and, and I don't know if you're ever going to ask me to be on this show or not, you know, someday. But, you know, it happened tonight and and maybe that happened for a reason. You know, you you did, you know, I, not one time did you say I'm giving up. You said I got to figure out how to make this work. And, you know, this is this is kind of what life's all about. But, you know, you things happen, you know, good, bad. You're going to have, you know, people are going to die. You know, people are going to get sick. You know, people are going to win money. People are going to win ball game. You got to keep that even keel and you got to deal with it. You know, never, you know, I always say you never get too high and you never get too low. You know, you keep that even keel dealing with life because, Life's going to, you know, using a baseball term, life's going to throw you a lot of curveballs. And, you know, as in baseball and in life, you got to be able to hit a curveball. And I appreciate you having me on here, Bill. And I thank you for being on here, being willing to come on here and speak. And obviously this isn't a normal episode that you guys are used to, but I really hope you enjoyed and we made the most of what we could. It's currently 1.42 in the morning. And with all these difficulties, we decided, hey, let's make this work somehow. Like you said, we're not going to give up. We're going to keep pushing forward. And we're going to make this the best we can. So I pray that you guys all have a great day uh, or a great night, depending on when you're listening to this. And God bless. <laughs>